Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Welcome to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On today's show, liar. I mean, I think you're lying, but how do I know for sure? Professor John Bowman will tell us, unless, of course, he lies to us. Plus, EMS first responder Giovanni Garbett advises us on what to do when you encounter a medical emergency. If you've fallen down and you can't get up, Keep listening. I'm Adam Felber, always ready to dial 911. And now, please welcome the woman who insists on dialing 119, <laughs> Paula Poundstone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Paula. Thank you so much. And thank you to tonight's house band steel drum player, Abby Savelle. The, the house band is fantastic. That's tonight. really great. I'm, I'm, this is this is one of the hottest combos we've had. Yeah. And we and to, just to underscore, we always have a combo of one, which I think is an ideal size in Ray Horseman Studios. Oh yeah. Yeah. Any bigger than that, and we'd be out on Miranda Avenue. <laughs> right. And nobody wants to be out on Miranda. Nobody Avenue. wants to be out. Not on Miranda. this time of night. And this time no. of night could be noon for all I. You, you know, know, I saw a new mattress out there today. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let's let's clarify because you know, as as our faithful listeners know. The Miranda Street location in beautiful North Hollywood is not necessarily the safest or best neighborhood here. No. But when you say a new mattress is out there, you don't mean that somebody put a brand new mattress out. I mean out. an additional mattress. <laughs> an addi- I saw an additional mattress. That's what I thought. And I just wonder why. I just wonder what about, like, does somebody... Did somebody pick it up and bring it here? Or did somebody see all the others? Or did it come on its own? Did it say, you know, those old mattresses seem to be have a meeting down on Miranda yeah, Street? Maybe, maybe I ought to get me down there. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, wh- what is it that makes somebody get rid of a mattress? I mean, are the people in this neighborhood buying Bugs, lots of new think. beds? No, I don't think they come from this neighborhood. I do th- you I think feel this, this neighborhood has become a mattress depository? They're imports. Yeah, they're imports. <laughs> from of other sort. neighborhoods? By the way, Ro- did you see Roger Federer's... Uh, I think it's like a distribution center. Did you see it on Miranda Avenue? The Roger Federer Distribution Center? Yeah. I don't know what you mean. He might. Uh, right across the street from here, there's like a big sign for Roger. Well, it doesn't say Roger Federer. What does it really say, Paul? It says F- Federer's. Federer's? <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's Roger Federer's. I think that somebody's yeah. lame attempt no, to pretend didn't. to be the federal bank. No, some, he, some scam. He didn't have a good game the other day because he hasn't been sleeping well because his mattress keeps getting stolen. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm glad that you're assembling the, this case so nicely, but it, yeah. it sounds like No, implausible. I'm pretty sure that's his. You look at it when we go yeah. out. To, so you didn't know to look for it before, but now you do. You look yeah. for that. Speaking it's of mysteries, which Roger because you're good at unraveling them, there is one oh, that is yes. haunting Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And we thought we'd give you, and, and I need the theme music for it, we'd give you an update on the Thomas Coyne Affair. <laughs> Actually, fantastic. Is, now, the Thomas Coyne Affair. It's you, a you, haunting you, refrain. Now, on one of our earliest shows, so please keep, keep that keep that in your tool belt there, Abby. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. That's nice. So Thomas Coyne was one of our earliest guests on the show. He was a survivalist who was going to tell us how to survive a bear attack. Yes. However, he apparently did not survive this neighborhood and make it onto the show. So he, he actually never showed ended up, up. He never showed up. Never showed up. He stood us up or died. Not only that, but right. we have, of course, our original feeling was concern, and so we reached out, uh, our, one of our Producers Tony called uh, Thomas Coyne repeatedly. repeatedly. She's emailed him, I believe right. she's texted him, and uh, we've checked his Facebook. We've we've really put out an APB. We've and you looked for on, him on in. I looked for him at the BJ's, which is a big box store in in Danvers, Mass. But specifically um, near the ringdings. I looked at him, looked for him in the ringding section. All right, probably and he's the not worst there. search, the most specific and therefore worst search That's party ever. That's how you have to do a search. One by you one. Know, if you're section not, by section, you town know, by town. This is like in The Mentalist where yeah. one of the characters that was a longtime cop didn't like uh, The Mentalist because he wasn't willing to do the slow you know, thorough work of real police work. But is it thorough when you pick a random section of a store in a random town? Is that thorough? You've got to do it one at a time. Yeah, but you've only one place one. at it's a time. It's been like three weeks since you were in Mass. No, I've looked some other places. Where else? Where else have you looked? Um, I was in Omaha, Nebraska last week. Was he there? He wasn't in my room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a, a, a search all over the country for Thomas. I Quinn. have too. I looked yeah. in um, Milwaukee while well, I was with you. Yeah. So we both searched the theater we, in Milwaukee. We searched the theater in Milwaukee. Yeah. We searched the. He, uh, he definitely wasn't near the, the, the dessert table because I spent a lot of time there. Hampton Inn uh, near uh, the Chicago airport. Nowhere, right. nowhere to be found. It wasn't no that yeah uh, was that the Hampton Inn that we stayed in? I think I it was think an Aloft. Oh, it was an A-Loft. I think the reception after the show was oh, a Hampton Inn. damn it. He might Boy, have been in the Hampton Inn now. Or, yeah, he could be. <laughs> now he knows right, now, where to go. Our listeners are getting worried about him. Uh, here, here's some messages we've got. Inga from Placentia, California asks, is Thomas Coyne roaming the hills wearing a bear disguise? That's a big possibility. That's a very lively possibility. So, <laughs> yeah. so if you see a bear out there, I know we gave you advice what to do, but because it might be Thomas Coyne, pull on its face before you use the other survival tips. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we did we did give advice on that day, but what we did was we had the other uh, producers in the room, uh, yeah, Bonnie and Tony and, and, Tony and, Bonnie, and Ken. Yeah. We had people just look up, uh, you know, Google. Uh, yeah, they just stuff on the internet. Googled how to survive you, a bear attack. How to survive a bear attack, exactly. Right. And by the way, pull on its face, not one but of I'm the. But I'm saying if it's Thomas Coyne, right? Then right, you yeah. you unmasked him and you've you found it. You've yeah. saved us. Yeah, but outside of that. If it is any that, bear that is not Thomas Coyne in a yeah, bear suit, yeah. probably not a strong you know, idea. You know, they'll be so surprised <laughs> by you pulling on their face. Yeah, they might, but they, they might be like, I'm not, what do you think I am, Thomas Coyne? Yeah, they'll just back off. <laughs> yeah, they might they'll, run away or they'll cry. T- they'll go to the other bears and go, no, he's a face puller. Stay they, away from him. Face puller, no. He's okay. a face puller. Okay, so Frank from Philadelphia wrote, um, Thomas Coyne fell down a manhole. Better send Lassie. I think that's a big possibility as well. Oh, absolutely. Well, he's a survivalist. Do people 
fall down manholes anymore? I, I, they don't no. leave them open nearly no. as much as they did in the old During slapstick silent films. Yeah. <laughs> Back when last. By the way, last you never got anybody out of a manhole. It was always it was a, a well. Uh, it was a well or a mine shaft. Oh yes, yes. it was a mine shaft. Yes. And, that, and and again. If you're near a mine shaft, that yeah. would be a good place to look for Thomas Gordon. Okay, and um, Carrie from Las Vegas said, quote, I wanted to make sure I knew Thomas Coyne is not in a ding-dong or Twinkie section of the Smith's Grocery Store in Las Vegas. Wow, oh, he, great she, minds, no, She wanted Carrie. to make sure we knew that. So she yeah. looked. So she had already looked. All right, yeah, so keep Thank searching, Thank you, listeners. Carrie. Absolutely. Thank you very much for we, using a, a logical approach. Uh, Which to I do a, not consider a, man a logical hunt. approach. It is. It first, first of all, you don't have to hold the whole grocery store at once. You do it aisle by aisle. And but what if he's moving right. around the grocery store he's, like people do? He's not. You no, think he's going to be found he's stationary? Like the, he's, like the, he's like the marathon. But he's like hidden someplace, and he's just waiting. <laughs> all right. Well, we have uncovered some interesting tidbits because we had our crack research team which consists of Tony and nobody else, um, <laughs> search the internet for signs of Thomas Coyne. And Do you notice just... how many jobs? We'll go, well, Tony did that. Tony yeah, it, did that. Yeah, it's, yeah we had it's, Tony honestly, do that. Honestly, this, this place falls apart the second. Honestly. The yeah, second Tony. she goes all Thomas Coyne on us, this place falls apart. Yeah. Um, an Instagram post from August 26th from the Thomas Coyne School account shows Thomas, but we don't know when that photo was taken. It's not uh, labeled in any way. I mean, if they were holding up, you know, that day's headlines. <laughs> right, to <laughs> we prove know it was that live, it was that right? day. Yeah, right. yeah. There was a video posted in September uh, featuring Thomas Coyne. It's titled, The Try Guys Get Kidnapped. And I watched it. It's very amusing. It's these these four guys who just try things out, and they were trying to escape a kidnapper. And um, Thomas Coyne was the guy who was telling them how to survive a kidnapping. But we oh. don't know when it was shot. It's very oh. well edited, so it, could, uh -huh. it was probably shot before um, his unfortunate demise. And um, <laughs> You know... Uh, yeah, Bonnie, my manager speculated that maybe Thomas Coyne was a conservative, right? Uh, th and that he was a Trump-supporting conservative, because not every conservative supports Trump. Oh, absolutely but not. But that, um, but that maybe somebody told him that I am not a Trump fan, okay. and that he decided not to come because he felt that kind of, you know, it'll ruin Thanksgiving breach. Right. If he if he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so. there are people who can't deal with anybody of an opposite. Um, but you would think that somebody who bills himself as a survivalist could get through a, a you know, a spirited political discussion. No, no. no. He could tell and, and you. By the way, that's just surmise. We don't yeah. know that, that, that he's a Trump supporter. He knows what to do if a bear attacks you. But if a right. bear attacks you and is not a Trump supporter, that guy's uh, lost. Right. <laughs> Lost. Like an Antifa yeah, we don't bear. Know for sure. If it's an Antifa I did have, bear. I, so we've been trying to think of how we make, could make contact with him. Right. And um, so I had, uh, we could try uh, sending him a balloonogram or like one of those things where the people go and sing like an elf. Send him an elf. No, like in elf. In elf. The movie Elf. Oh. A lot of my film references are not current. Yeah, and I would say Elf, the, the Will Ferrell vehicle, yeah. that's one of the more current movie references I've ever heard from you. Yeah. Well, I watch that it. That one might even be this century. I watch it every year. Um, uh, yeah, but maybe like we need to send him, you know, if you send him something like that, he might show himself. Why don't we send him something that requires a signature? Because oh. then, uh, you know, his you know, whoever's pretending to be him and collecting the paychecks could, you know, won't be able to fake it. Maybe that's the other thing. Maybe somebody told him that not only do I not like Trump, but also doing a podcast doesn't pay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I mean, he thought that was, he was not get necessarily paid. the smartest thing to say no. right before we introduced our guests tonight either. Oh yeah, I usually save that one. I'm for sure afterwards. Tony told them that we don't pay. Uh, yeah, Tony, do you regularly <laughs> tell people that we pay, or, or he just never comes up? 
Yeah, they were just making assumptions. Well, um, all right, well, if, any, if anybody spots Thomas Coyne, please let us. Paula, what are you doing? I'm beginning to make the um, you're, balloonogram for oh, you're Thomas Coyne. Um, no, you know what I'm doing? Which I'm, makes great radio. I'm doing a balloon animal right now. Or it's you're not. not. Really, what I am animal too. is it? This is a, a, a baby rhino eating a banana. Can you see that? No, it, it, well, it's a sphere, Paula. No, it is not a sphere. It's almost it's a, a baby sphere. It's an oblate spheroid. Much like eating a banana. Hold on. No, I, I, there's... I, I love to hear Wait till he receives. He'll come out and sign for this. Again, not when he, great When audio. he comes to the door and he sees, oh my gosh, somebody sent me a balloonogram of a baby rhino eating a banana. He's going to be so happy. Okay, wait. I'm going to do a Santa Monica skyscape. That's uncanny. It's, um, it's a, do you see that? It, it's, it's, mo- <laughs> it's mostly the round building. Do you see that? Santa no. Monica. This is a Santa Monica skyscape. Can no. you see... The um, can you see the hotel over at uh, the one that's near um, Wilshire? Uh, the hotel that's near Wilshire in Santa Monica. Yeah. It, no. Yeah. No, I can't. It's a balloon. It, yeah. It's, it's, just, a sky, it's just. But a I'm making it into different shapes. All right. Well, that's that. That that will be great for Thomas Coyne. Well, let's put a cap on it because that is the end of the Thomas Coyne affair update for this week. <laughs> Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress. And yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress. And I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally. And everybody just piles on it. And it it's comfy. And yet, when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, You know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. 
and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured, like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so co- it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're <laughs> European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? 
They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Where is he? Where could he have gone? What's he doing? Why won't Thomas. he show himself? <laughs> Thomas Coyne. Uh, that, was a, that was a completely different theme song than before, Abby. Um, all right. <laughs> all right. So that, no, that was the closing one. She has an opening closing, one and a closing one. The closing one has affair. more resolve to it. it the does. opening one was mysterious, one and serious. the closing one has more resolve because she has confidence in my idea. Your balloon animal idea? Yeah. I have no confidence in that. Let's move on, Paula, because uh, yeah, we, we do try to open every show with a piece of advice from yes. Paula Poundstone. Yes. What is your advice this week? Well, my advice this week is. Always store your bathing suit in your suitcase. Always? Yeah. Store your, well, not when you're wearing it, but store your bathing suit in your suitcase so that when you go away, if you're at a hotel, for example, with a pool, don't you hate it when you're like, oh, well, I would go swimming, but I don't have a bathing suit. Right. Um, now, if you use your bathing suit a lot, a lot, a lot at home, then you might just want to have two suits and store one in your But one luggage. should always be in your luggage so that you don't forget your bathing suit. Right. Exactly. Now- I would say from some people now. Our, our our next guest is is nodding as though he thinks this is a good idea. But it I, is a I do want to underscore that. On He's last also week, nodding because he appreciates the balloon animal that I just made. I, I do not believe that's the case. Um, but um, I do it's want to point Carmax. out last week we had that. that it's a Carmax. That can you see the all show? the cars? I, I, it's a Carmax. It's a Carmax. Do you see? Can you see all the little cars? No, I can't. It's a it's a it's a spheroid. You um, know what? You've got to learn to use your imagination. You've got to learn to. Oh, fucking balloon animals. <laughs> that was a Carmax. It's um, not a Carmax. It is too. It's a Carmax. You can see all the different uh, it's, it's cars. It's my failure of imagination. Yeah. It's ancient part of Well, it's not going to look exactly like a Carmax. Yeah, it doesn't look anything like a Carmax. Oh, I can't even remember what I was saying. <laughs> you were about to introduce oh, no, John about, Bowman. Oh, you're right. I was about to introduce John. You know what? Yeah, enough with the swimsuit thing. Um, okay. <laughs> so let's have our first guest. And it all started with a... With a simple question that you had, Paula. And the question is... How do you tell if someone's lying? Yeah, and we have the right man to answer that question right here. Dr. Jonathan Bowman is Professor of Communication Studies at the University of San Diego. Please welcome our returning champion, John Bowman. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. Thanks for being here, John. Uh, sure. And then also thank you, Abby Savelle, because you're doing a great job. But let's get right to it. Um... Great to have you back. Thanks. It's good to be here. Um, uh, do you know anything about bear attacks? About bear attacks? No, I, I'd okay. be more concerned about surviving that sofa attack out front. That sofa attack. Yeah, there's some <laughs> yeah, sofas there's out there. Okay, so let's get right to it. How do you tell if somebody's lying to you? Well, so I'd say the first thing is how do you not tell if someone's lying to you? Everyone thinks that the way that you tell if someone's lying to you is if they're making direct eye contact with you. Right. Right? That's The, the idea is that you can't 
tell a lie if you're looking someone directly in the eye, and it turns out that's not the case at all. Liars look you right in the eye. Liars are more likely to look you right in the eye because everyone knows that liars can't look you in the eye. So the best liars are actually manipulating the system, and they're actually looking at you more. So we found research has shown um, repeatedly that there's more eye contact when people are lying. Wow. So it's like a double negative or something, right? Because you think I'm not going to look you in the eye if I'm lying. Then I'm going to look you in the eye and lie. <laughs> Something like that, yes. That's yeah. kind of what he's saying, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, think, I think, I you, I think yeah. you just restated what he said in yeah. a much more confusing manner. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't yeah. more confusing. It was something that I already knew before tonight started. See, you're looking you me right in the eye right, right now. You're looking me right in the eye right now. Much like you did as you were describing the balloon animals you were making. But, now, but yes. I would say, though, the, the best way to tell that someone's lying to you is if you know them already, look for some behavior that's different than they normally do. Oh, so okay. That's really the big key. Is that's the like tell. Speech disfluencies, if they start stuttering when they otherwise don't stutter, if they or, can't or, say normal words, oh, that kind of wow. thing. Oh, wow. So, so stuttering is a good one, or the cessation of stuttering. Yeah, exactly. If, if someone's if a, a regular stutter and yeah. they suddenly speak incredibly fluently, something's going on for so sure. So every time Mel Tillis sang. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what what, are, what are we doing with you here? guys? Mel Tillis? Mel, Mel Tillis was a country western singer uh-huh. who had a very severe stutter when he spoke. Oh. But if he was singing... He was lying he, to you. He had no, uh, he had no stutter. Huh. You never he, heard of that? He li- I heard of Mel Tillis, but I forgot that I didn't know the whole stuttering. Well, I guess because thing. of the book I've written on Mel Tillis. You haven't written, and you're looking me right in the I'm eye when you say directly in the eye right in the now. Eye. I get, I get what's happening here. I'm, 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 I'm looking right. you in the eye. Fantastic. Okay, so here, here's a good question, and there might be many answers to it, but like, sure. if, if you know somebody's lying to you, should you confront them? Oh, so this is this is an important question, right? So yeah. we really want to think about what is the nature of this relationship? Like, do I need this relationship in my life in general, right? Okay. Because if someone's lying to you and you don't really need to ever see them again or you can kind of go through life with whatever they're doing and, and it's not really affecting you negatively, then go ahead and, you know, don't confront them about it. But if it's causing you some negative harm in some way, then you should probably talk to them about it or at least let them know that they're lying. The problem, though, is when you confront a liar and let them know that you know they're lying, they're usually much better at lying the next time. So they're they're having increasingly, increasingly oh, you're more You're training complex. them to be better exactly. liars. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. So you're teaching them, this is how I know you're lying now, and so then they fix it and they do something different the next time. So if it's, I was hosting a like, show with somebody who makes shit up all the time <laughs> i should probably stop confronting her absolutely that person yeah. about it yeah it's kind of like um uh antibiotics oh how, right. uh, yes yes how that took me a second but absolutely the, um, how eventually it works its way around what you're treating it with right, right. oh wow sure. yeah you build up an immunity yeah 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 so i'll have friends that'll sometimes ask me like oh how did you figure that out what's my tell and i would never tell them so i usually would lie to them and tell them something completely different like oh you have a little eye twitch when you lie and then that way i can still notice that their lip is twitching oh so you tell way. them the wrong thing exactly wow yeah. how many friends wow. do you have that lie to you really? uh, i don't have any friends left after doing this kind of okay yeah. right of course not of course not <laughs> I, the, the web of deceit in a conversation like <laughs> it goes that deep yeah that's like that's like when the guy switches that when something when he's poisoned one cup and they keep switching it uh, uh, for who's going to drink it. Now that, um, that would be the Princess Bride has that. And, uh, yeah, I and, and uh, Danny K. the court jester, right? That was the one you were thinking of. I wasn't thinking of Danny oh, wow. K. the court jester. I see, see, I know like two movies from that era, and I was trying to impress you. Yeah, okay. no, I don't know that one. All right, um, Mel Tills wasn't in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why do people lie? And, and I know there's a lot of different reasons, but. What, what, what motivates a liar? So 
most of the time people are lying because it makes life easier, right? Okay. So they're either trying to defend themselves against something that's really negative that might happen, some negative repercussion of them telling the truth, or they're just trying to take advantage of some sort of opportunity. So they see something that if they were to lie, they can take advantage of it and get some positive gain for this out themselves. Okay. Uh, but there's a- Are there different kinds of liars, though? Sure, yeah. I mean, there, there's... so. There's two answers to that question, right? So there's different kinds of liars. There are people who have an internal motivation for lying. They're called a pathological liar. And we use that phrase a lot, but a pathological liar is someone who um, they aren't lying for personal gain. They aren't lying to get something out of it. They're not lying to defend themselves. They're just lying to lie. And they just have that motivation. And so it's it's either... So we um, don't know what the motivation is. Right. It's, it's either pathological or it's a symptom of some other pathology, which is super interesting. So say I had a friend or, or say I was a pathological liar. Is there like a cure? Is there a way to deal with that if I, if I wanted to? I mean, so that's a really good question for a clinical psychologist. But um, you can be kind of treated and trained a little bit on how to um, behave a little bit better and, and kind of get some help with that. But I don't know of any obvious answers to that question so we're not going to fix the president no no okay. unfortunately no <laughs> all right just, uh, now yeah let, 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 by let, the let, way let's... no one told him that bob woodward was writing a book uh yeah. that and that That's he wanted to inter- that he wanted to interview the president no one told, no one him, told him that, and yet we know people told him um <laughs> and it's not his first lie as it turns out <laughs> so no no now is now, now what's your opinion of that of of donald trump he's, he's he lies quite a bit is that a pathological thing? I don't I don't think it's pathological because he's gaining something out of it, right? So right. he he thinks he's avoiding some problem or he thinks he's having some benefit because honestly I think he thinks everyone's stupid and doesn't realize that he's telling lies, right? But the key is the people around him aren't telling him our tells, right, which is kind of just the truth, right? We can right. all see the truth. Um, so he keeps on doing it thinking he's being successful. So my guess oh. is he doesn't know he's not as successful as he thinks he is. That's really interesting. I think I've tried to tell him. Yeah, yeah but, but but nobody listens to nobody Paul. Nobody Paul. listens to Paul. Paul, Paul so. right. Okay, here's yeah. something because Paul and I were when we were planning for this show, and I know it doesn't really show that we do plan for the show, but but we do. <laughs> okay. Um, One of the things I planned to do today was a demonstration of my balloon animals, and uh, can you see that this one is a carrot? That's not. You're not even holding a balloon. <laughs> that's a little bit of radio magic from Paula Poundstone right yeah. there. Um, holding a carrot. It's, not a carrot. it's a carrot balloon. It's uh, not. Um, but Paula said at, at one point that all kids lie. Mm. Is that true? Sure. Or do just Paula's kids lie? <laughs> no, right. So as kids develop, they get increasing cognitive complexity, right, which allows them to. Um, think ahead and plan ahead for the possible consequences of the things that they do. So as you get that cognitive complexity, you also are then more able to lie. So you're constantly, as you're learning how to communicate, you're trying out those different lies. At the same time, as you increase in cognitive complexity, you're also uh, gaining a moral code based upon the culture around you. So kids are having that warring factions of, you know, my culture says that lying's wrong, but I'm getting better at it. And what's interesting is... Kids keep getting better and better at lying. They start around two-ish, and then they go all the way until, well, <laughs> for some of us in this room, the rest of their lives. <laughs> right. um, and it's 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 interesting that you know our motivations for why we're lying might change over time, but we're still um, testing it out and seeing how it goes. So those adolescents are probably doing it more to protect their ego or this little sense of, of self that they've beginning they've begun to create. Right. Um, so yeah, all kids do lie. 
Um, but wow, Adam, my, Adam, Adam my thinks, kids got away with it. Yeah, because Adam you, thinks his kids don't lie, which means his kids are really good at it. They must be awesome yeah. at it. Yeah. They're, they're 10 and 5, so, you know, the 10-year-old certainly had a lot of time to get good at it. Yeah. Well, so this is a, a really important concept when we talk about deception, right? This idea of truth bias. So most of the time with the people that we love and care about, we have a truth bias. We aren't looking for lies. So right. unless we're given a reason to look for someone lying to us that's close to us, we usually will believe almost anything that they tell us, right? Right. Until it really hits us in the face that it's a lie, we're going to think they're truthful. So it's very possible that you love your kids, I hope so, yeah. um, and that over the whole course of their life, they have... Um, Walk all over you. Thinking, yeah, They're just exactly. going to walk just, all over you. Yeah, I guess so. Um, here, here's something. How do you lie and get away with it? I want to flip this around. If I want to become a good liar, which I don't think I am, <laughs> how would I do that? I'm looking you in the eye and asking you. Yeah, so the best way to get away with a lie is to say something that would otherwise be true, but isn't necessarily true as it pertains to you or as it pertains to the context. So Help me if, out. If someone asks you, yeah, sorry, that was, <laughs> if someone asks you what you did last night um, um, and you had a bunch of people over and you didn't invite them, you would instead be best off repeating what you did two nights ago because you know the story, you know the details. If they ask you any questions, you have all the facts ready to go. Uh So the best way to get away with a lie is to tell a truth that wasn't actually true in that moment. A displaced truth. Exactly. But but something that you know encyclopedically. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. if you're playing like two truths and a lie or any of those kinds of games, Uh always tell a truth of something that happened to a close friend or something that happened um, a different time, but but is actually a lie in this actual situation. Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Because I've, no, I've noticed that, like, for instance, we Paul and I do Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me all the time. Sure. And we do this Bluff the Listener game. And we never succeed at bluffing the listener. No. No. I never. I never fool anybody. But do you want to know what I did last night? What would you do? I had a big party and none of you were invited. <laughs> 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 it was fantastic. I had a great time. What did you serve? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Blueberries, Doritos, and double stuff oh, Oreos. Okay. That sounds delicious. And the yeah. entertainment was balloon animals? Yeah. And they had a balloon animal expert come over and show oh. me how more about how to do it. Wait a minute. And that's where you learned everything you knew about balloon animals? I'm uh, glad that we have the opening of the Diet Pepsi on the soundtrack forever now. Yeah. Is lying addictive? Um, I think that... Uh, it's titillating, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely titillating. And also, if it does make your life easier, right, that does give you that little shot of adrenaline or right. dopamine, right, that, that kind of helps you... Learn that behavior, right? See, so I if, think that's why Trump lies. I think he, he gets. A I think he is a drama queen, and right. that it's addictive mm. in that it gives you this little adrenaline. It gives you like a, you yeah. know, like a tension in your stomach that I might get caught. I might get caught. Yeah. He never seems to notice that he does get caught. Right. So, uh, you know, he's been caught over and over again, but it means nothing to him. But, but, but I think I think it's that a- Adam thinks he, that he doesn't know he's lying. I, I think sometimes absurd. he doesn't know he's lying. I think he believes it as he says it. I don't think he believes anything he says. No, I th- th- no, I don't think so either. Yeah. See, John doesn't think so. All right. Well, uh, then I will cede to an expert on that, <laughs> and I will change my beliefs about Trump's lying. But you know, but there's so many good ones. His, some of his lies are just delicious. I think, like, um, like uh, famously, he said that when he was on a campaign. You know, right after he he struck peace in our time in North Korea, 
and the nuclear threat was eliminated. Um, he um, he famously said that, and, and we're we're gonna get we're gonna get the the bodies home of the fallen. And people, a lot of people reported because he said, he you know, said the all parents... through the campaign, people came up to me and they were like, "Mr. President, please bring my son home." And they figured out that he would have to be a hun- these people coming up to him would have to be 110 years old to be the parents of fallen oh Korean soldiers. He didn't say they ran up to him. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point. He said people would wheel up to me and say, "Please bring my son home." Right. That's right. That's quite possible. Yeah. Here's why I love that lie. Because even before you get to the bit about the the, the parents of Korean War veterans, um, he starts it by saying, on the campaign, they would come up to me and say, Mr. President. <laughs> oh, yeah. You already got a lie before you even get to the lie. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, yeah the preparatory lie, the preparation yeah. now, lie. Now, is that because he's getting away with it and enjoying it, or is he just too dumb to manufacture a good lie? Does it have to be one or the other? No, it does not. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you, John Bowman, for Absolutely. speaking truth to lies. Happy pa- to be here. It's <laughs> wonderful. Boy, he didn't look at you when he said that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and his lip was twitching. Paula, having learned all this, what advice can you give our listeners about dealing with liars? I, I've distilled John Bowman's comments. Abby, can you give me some background for my summary? That's nice. Lots of us believe that liars can't look you in the eye. Liars know that too, so they do look you in the eye. They often have tells, like they they stammer or they do something they don't normally do while they're lying, like the cha-cha or intermittent gargling. All kids lie as they develop cognitive complexity. They also learn that our society feels lying to be immoral or used to. There are two types of liars. The kind who have an internal urge, but for no particular reason. That's a pathological liar. Then there's the kind that lie because it makes their life easier. They avoid consequences of prior behaviors. I have no deals in Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Jonathan Bowman is professor of communication studies at the University of San Diego, and his latest book is... Masculinity and Student Success in Higher Education. Thank you for being on our show. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Thank you. The Cat of the Week is Meryl Streep from Madison, Wisconsin. All right, since we're talking about health and well-being and your health, this is the perfect time to bring on our next guest. Um, Giovanni Garbutt is the president of First American Responder. He's been in EMS for 19 years, served in the Navy, and was a combat medic for the Marine Corps. Thank you for your service, and welcome, Giovanni Garbutt. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you could make it. I have to tell you that my biggest fear in the entire world is being the first person to pull up at a car accident. In fact, that's that's the reason, the, the primary reason. We, we want to know all kinds of stuff from you. But the primary reason is to deal with Paula's pho- phobia. Um, and so, so, uh, so what are you supposed to do? What well, do you want to do, Paula? I'm when, sorry, Giovanni. Uh, you, when you pull up. Well, if you pull up to a scene of an accident or collision, yeah. um, number one, call 911. That's the first thing that you should do. Yeah. Not necessarily get involved right away uh-huh. because you want to protect yourself. You don't want to become a victim yourself. 
you know, oftentimes we see in movies that cars, um, when they crash, they explode. Yeah. Um, big Hollywood productions generally happen like that, that something happens like that. Um, but oftentimes they don't. Just because you see flames does not necessarily mean it's, a car is going to explode. You can help. But the first thing that you need to get that professional help there is call 911. And just for, That's for the Paula's first sake, can you tell us what the number is for 911? <laughs> Not 119, but 911. Thank you very much. I like okay. to write it out. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, can, we can put it on a tag. And there's nine, no 911 one, button, one. by the way. Yeah. There's no 911 yes. button. Yes, some exactly. kids, when they're taught to dial 911, <laughs> they think there's a... Le- they no, their parents told them 911. Nine, that was right. And then mm-hmm. they can't find the 11 on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um all right, so you don't necessarily. So you just sit in your car and you see people like moaning and in pain, and no, you just wave. No, you can't wave? help if you're trained to do so. But um, d- d- directly call nine one first. Uh-huh. Okay, then what? and at least stay at least a hundred feet or park your car or vehicle away from the actual scene or collision. At least a hundred feet, because if there is an explosion, you do want to be protected against that and have a mode to actually exit. Okay, uh-huh. um, you yourself again do not want to become a victim yourself. Now. If you do approach the scene, be careful, look for flames, look for anything that can possibly hurt you. Next, you can assess the person. Uh-huh. If you see bleeding, immediately, you know, you could try to patch them up if you if you can uh, by putting direct pressure against any wounds that you may see. But again, on protect yourself. Like if there's a cut, you put your you put the pressure right on the Correct. cut place? But but something that's clean, if you have gauze, like I carry a first aid kit in my, in my truck, but uh-huh. most people don't have that luxury or don't do that. What's in your first aid kit? Um, bandages, gauze, um, sterile dressings, um, even sterile water to clean any wounds that you may see. Uh-huh. Um, try to stay away from more of the antiseptic stuff. No, no, that no could burn alcohol or, or anything. Correct, correct. Okay. Now, the alcohol is from something else. Okay, that's yeah, after. That's after. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. Now, let me ask you this. In your first aid kit where you said you have bandages, do you have Band-Aids? Yes. Yes, I do. Do you have the small ones? You know when you get the variety small pack and there's for, the small ones? for paper ones? cuts and everything, because that could be an emergency itself. <laughs> I can never figure out what? Well, like, what possible use those small Band-Aids are. I've used small Band-Aids. For what? Cuts. Little tiny cuts. Oh, then you're just a baby. I mean, if you can't handle a cut... The size that a little teeny bandaid would go over, then I don't see how you function in this world. I do function in this world for one, and and like let's say let's say you're cooking, yeah, and you, you get a little cut. Maybe you cut you cut your finger a little bit on a knife. Now, well, I'm not going to. I ha- I have to cook the meal, but I'm not going to leave an open cut in your food. I'm going to clean it, uh, use antiseptic, and then put a bandaid on it. Now they're great for kids, though. I'll tell you that much. Um, although they don't necessarily work as far as no, they but don't. medically. It, uh, I'm sorry. Um, you know. As far as them lifting their spirits, it may help with that aspect. Oh, it, oh, it definitely yeah. does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, when Adam, when you're cooking and you cut yourself a little bit, does it lift your spirits to put one of those teeny little Band-Aids on? I almost always stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so then, yes. Okay, so let me, um, let, let me flip this situation a little mm-hmm. bit. Instead of pulling up to the scene of the accident, what if I am in an accident? You know, there's that moment where you're like, am I okay or am I not? How do you check yourself after you wreck yourself is the question okay. I want to ask. Number one, try to stay calm as best you can. Okay. Stay that calm. That would be the stay best calm. thing to do. Okay. Stay calm because if you panic, um, everyone in the situation will panic 10 times worse. Okay. Including if you do have children on board with you, they will right. panic. It will panic greatly if you start panicking. Stay calm and check yourselves out. Um, as far as 
do I have any injuries? Am I bleeding or anything like that? Um, patch yourself up if you can. If you can direct pressure on any wounds, patch yourself patch up. Yourself oh, patch! Up. Mm-hmm. I thought you said pat yourself up. No. Well, like I just had that's, visions that's, of that's for later when you're drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm okay. I've patted down my entire body. I think right. I'm okay. Well, that's that's one way to check yourself. I think. Okay, so so you and, don't and panic. Check check yourself for for and call nine and one if you do. Um, you feel worse, or do you you feel any impending doom? You want to actually call nine and one immediately. Okay, nine one should always be the paramount of, of of getting someone there fast. Okay. Okay. That's 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 good advice. Um, now wait a minute. Are there questions that you ask someone to know if they're like all there cognitively uh, as a result? Like, as a dispatcher, or are you talking as a you know, no, rescuer? not the dispatcher. No, the uh, <laughs> as a, the EMT on the scene. Yeah, yeah. Do you ask like do you yes. ask somebody? We generally ask if you're alert and orientated. Times uh, four parameters. What do you T- mean? Person, place, time, situation. Like we asked, do you know who you are? Do you know where you are? Do you know what just happened? Um, we try to get a cognitive assessment of, of how well they're doing. Uh-huh. On any we, given day, Paula could get one of those questions wrong. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now that you've told me what the questions are, I'm going to start gonna studying. Study? <laughs> and I'm going to put the answers. I'm going to put the answers in my glove compartment so that as the M- EMT is walking over, I can just quickly go over my notes. But we may change our questions, though, just giving a oh, heads up. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so you pulled up in an accident. You've got your car 100 feet from the scene. You've called 911 already. Mm-hmm. Um, the person's bleeding, so you apply uh, pressure if, right on the, the cut or whatever yes, it is. Yes, And what else? Now, if if you do have, like, Kill Bill-type bleeding, I usually describe it as, um, number one. <laughs> you mean, like, fountains of blood. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> um, that's a serious bleed. Um, yeah. And hopefully you have called 911 because that person definitely needs it. Yeah. Um, worst comes to worst, now we actually recommend giving tourniquets to people, but life over limb only What situations. do you mean giving tourniquets to or people? Or putting on tourniquets, in other words. Oh, uh-huh. Okay, you put on a tourniquet. In other words, you clamp down on above the injury. Uh-huh. And you clamp down and continue to wind either um, a strap, such as a belt, um, anything to actually singe off the blood supply to that um, injury. Right. Oh, okay. All right. That's a, that's. A, I, I feel like I could do that if I saw a fountain. I mean, but, I'd be. I don't know if I. Could, you you I, don't know if you could do that. I don't know. Just but don't again, be near accidents. I, 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 I just have a feeling I'd be but like. Again, you, I, I you gotta kill Bill Bleed. Life over limb injury. <laughs> life over limb because that person's gonna lose that limb for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, but don't so tell them that, right? That's no. not a good time no. to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you, Funny you're story about why limb. I'm tying this thing off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am not about to administer yeah. a drug yeah. for fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to tie this limb off. It doesn't matter because you're going to lose it anyways. Yeah, but that's, uh, a, that's bad bedside manner. Yeah, no, that's, you're bed. that is not good at all. Wait, it reminded me of something where you said, oh, I know. Okay, in Breaking Bad, when... Uh, Chuko, have you seen Breaking Bad? Yes, yes, okay. I have. Um, see, he's doing his homework. So uh, when, <laughs> no, when Chuko yells at Walter White, remember he drags his uh, toady guy that's dying out of his car, and he says to Walter White, breathe into his mouth. And Walter goes, no, they don't teach that anymore. It doesn't work. Do you still breathe into someone's mouth? Yes, and we still teach that, by the way. Um, Boy, so Walter was wrong? 
No, not necessarily. I think he was lying. But um, was he looking at him in breathe, the eye? We still recommend breathing into someone. But if you're not comfortable in going mouth to mouth, you don't have to go mouth to mouth. Uh-huh. We recommend doing hands only CPR at that moment. If you feel comfortable, go mouth to mouth. It has some added benefit, but the real true benefit of doing CPR is doing compressions. The, the chest compressions. Correct. So Which break ribs ad- sometimes, but... Does it break well, ribs? Yes. And I'm not one of those the, those instructors or an EMS to say if you're doing compressions correctly, you're breaking ribs. Because there's sometimes that you don't break ribs. I've done CPR many, many times. And about 90% of the time, I've done or broken a rib or two. It's mm. going to happen. Right. It's going to happen. Now... It's horrible. Well, the other the option is death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 had a I can't bro- throw a football for a few months, or I'm dead. All right, let's get let's get into some uh, some other uh, uh, health things that can happen to you. What, what happens? What do you do if, if uh, someone has a heart attack? Well, first of all, the signs symptoms of a heart attack you have to know. Right. Um, what are the symptoms of a heart attack? Recognize somebody a heart else. Attack. Elizabeth, I'm coming. I think is the first. <laughs> now, yeah. Now, see the the classic what? signs or the classic Hollywood signs is right. you know you grab your chest, you right. keel over, and die. Yeah. But um, it doesn't always happen like that. Generally, they say it feels like an elephant sitting on the chest or some type of massive pain or pressure. Massive uh-huh. pressure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you have massive pain and pressure against the chest. Um, you can also have nausea, vomiting, dizziness, sweetness, shortness of breath. Sweetness? Um, shortness of breath. Oh, shortness of breath. Weakness. Weakness. And okay. Sweetness. <laughs> no. Jeez, you and, seem so sweet. And diet. You must be having <laughs> a heart, heart attack. attack. <laughs> In women, sometimes they actually have abdominal pain. And it's abdominal pain that does not go away even with relaxation. Uh-huh. So women are actually more likely to deny the fact that they're having a heart attack. Because it doesn't feel like it's anywhere near Correct. their heart. And so they may feel like it's why like isn't it cramps. near their heart? If it's um if it's a heart attack, why isn't it near their heart? Well, what's always been told to me is that if it, women, sometimes they have childbearing um, muscles. It feels different. It's referred rather than men who have the direct chest pain. Uh-huh. That's that's the best explanation has been explained to me. But there is no, you know, we men and women tolerate pain differently. So yeah. that's another explanation. You know, we, we don't always have the same signs and symptoms. Yeah. And especially with a heart attack, they can differ. Now, what to do? Men are wusses. Do? I know a guy. <laughs> I, I know a guy that if he gets a teeny little cut, oh, he has that. to get a small Band-Aid out. I don't have to. It just yeah. seems like the right thing I just, to do. I, it's just a guy I know. It's not here tonight. Just No, a guy. no, you're talking about me. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. It's, no, it's someone it's else. It's really, my special really friend, uh, 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 Andrew. Andrew, yeah. My special friend, Andrew. He, um, he, all right, just so. learned how to lie and you did it poorly. <laughs> Uh, let's let's uh, change gears for a second. What do you do if you get a tooth knocked out? I'm told there's an interesting answer to this question. Yes, there is. Put okay. it in milk. Put it in milk. Now, Why? you put the tooth in milk, okay? You don't put yourself in milk. No. <laughs> no, you put the tooth right. in milk. Because our... my, my first impulse would be to, you know, to pick up the phone and... and, and uh, you know, call an emergency dairy. And, yeah, get, yeah, fill up a tub full of milk. Yeah. Um, so you put, why do you put the tooth in milk if well, it's been knocked out? Our tooth, our, our teeth are calcium deposits. Uh-huh. So you want to keep it calcified until it can be returned into place. Now, you have about eight hours. It's recommended about eight hours. Um, take it to the dentist within eight hours to be replaced. Uh-huh. But um, Do they put that same tooth back in your head? Yeah. Yes, they do. You can, oh, I didn't you can know actually that. Be Why else would you put it in milk? <laughs> I don't know memories. No, your pot. <laughs> you know, sometimes people I'll, have I'll those, put it in milk and then throw it out. No, people have those shadow boxes with the little teeny, you know, like a big framed thing with like little teeny holes in it where you put different little memory items. 
Oh, like a memory boxy thing. Yeah, yeah. you could put like your tooth in there and box. go. Yeah, yeah, remember that time. That's what you were thinking. Remember that time that I Giovanni got... was just advising you to do. Yeah, no, I just was. I've just never heard of them putting the tooth back in your mouth. I thought they made a fake one, um, but they just oh, fake put ones the, are, are you know they put the original right back can, in there within eight hours, right? Mm-hmm. Well, hours. that okay. That brings me no. uh, to, uh, to. I don't know if two percent is better than whole, oh, but I do. Yeah. I know you. I, I know you don't want soy. You don't yeah. want soy, almond no, milk. Okay. Soy yeah, won't yeah, help. It has yeah, to be, it has yeah. To be real. That's why the milk people don't want the soy milk in their section. Did you know that's a rivalry? I, I, they don't I, want I almond milk or ri- soy milk in their section. In the same dairy right, section, because it's not dairy, and they get offended. Okay. Um, that, uh, but it it could be because it would mislead people and cause dental problems. Right. Um, all right. What about other? That reminds me of phalanges. What if somebody got like a finger cut off or or a leg cut off, and what do you do with that? That would. Have you ever that's pulled probably up tomato where juice, somebody's right? missing a? Where you somebody's missing a... Uh, Many times. You have where they've had a finger come come off? Finger, foot, leg, toe, eye. How uh, do you, you get up and it? go to work? Whiskey. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so what do, what, do you, what do you do with a finger or an eye or a... You know, what do you do with those things? Well, if the appendage has um, fallen off, let's say, uh-huh. okay, uh-huh. you put the appendage in a bag of ice. Okay. okay? Uh-huh. Not directly on ice. We may want to put that in some bag um, and then put that bag in some ice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then it can actually be, again, reattached, right. but has got to be taken with the ambulance personnel. Right. But not directly on the ice because... You don't want to cause injury. Um, to you get freezer burn, wouldn't you? Correct. The, freezer burn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought of that. You get freezer burn, but put it wow. right on there. Yeah, I'm you just, don't I'm want that. Deeply impressed, Paula Poundstone. Yeah, and of course, if it's a tongue, you don't want to put it on the ice um, because it'll, it'll stick. stick. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the worst thing that could happen after you've lost a tongue is for it to stick yeah, to ice. Yeah, yeah. That's a thing. Okay. Um, when do you elevate somebody's legs? This is a question from our um, producer Bonnie. It's, it, I realize she's it's a very sure. vague question, but she's sure that, like, in most medical emergencies, elevating the legs is a good idea. No. No. <laughs> um, only yeah. if you think or suspect that they're going into the shock. That's if the you think they're time. going into shock? Yes. And how would you know if they were going into shock? They're weak, dizzy, disoriented, a little bit confused and out of it. And most they're likely it's been a going, trauma. No way. No. Well, <laughs> <shot>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So wait, different. so they're weak, confused, disoriented. Correct. They've, that, they've, it strikes me that those symptoms would apply to so many things that is. weren't shock. It I is. mean, you could bang your head and be weak and disoriented. Right. But, but if you're losing a lot of blood and you're weak Correct. and disoriented, right? Well, not necessarily. If you, you may not see the blood. Um, it could oh, be could an be internal, internal injury. Yeah. Correct. So that's when you have to tap and ask, are you bleeding inside? I don't know. <laughs> so we need to sit real quiet now, and listen for. But so that's that. So just in cases of shock, let, yeah. Let's say a person got hit by a car, okay, and oh. they're lying on the on the side Ooh. of the road. Okay, mm-hmm. now that type of person may have internal damage. Right. Mm-hmm. They won't necessarily be bleeding out of any orifice or anything. Right. But you can tell that they're a little bit confused and out of it. Right. Um, then you would want to raise the legs six to 12 inches to keep the blood to the core or okay. central part of the body. Oh, so that's right, the look, purpose. Bonnie's doing like it's a sack to, dance over there. It's, she's like so happy. So the purpose because is to the keep thing the that blood she to the thought, core. The thing that she thought you should do all the time happens there happens to be one case where you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and this is cause for celebration over here. 
Yeah, she for her kid uh, rides a horse, and um, any kind of injury that her kid ever got, wouldn't matter what it was, legs up right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, it was always elevating her legs. Now, Sometimes you, you when wanna... she wasn't expecting it, and she'd just take her legs right up from underneath her. <laughs> it's time to elevate. No. <laughs> no, you may also want to uh, when you do raise the legs six, six to twelve inches. Yeah, you want to let the person know, don't you? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, and not if they're standing. Correct. Right. right yeah. Correct. Good, that's good, been, good clarification. Yeah, that's been that. a problem. You can yeah. also put a blanket over them to keep them warm. Keep oh, their put body a blanket heat. over. Oh, them. Keep the body yeah. temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. See, that's what she does. She throws a blanket over her kid's head and then just takes her legs out. <laughs> Sweeps the leg. And as she's hitting her, she goes, who's the president? <laughs> that is, that yeah. is first Do you know aid. where you are? <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's important to do these things in a certain order, because if you throw a blanket over that, and then you say, do you know where you are? Well, you made it too easy because then they can just go under a blanket. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't know, but there's a plaid. <laughs> <laughs> is this is this Scottish heaven? <laughs> I think I hear bagpipes. Well, thank you, Giovanni, for coming to this podcast's aid. And uh, Paula, what advice can you give listeners after hearing about how to deal with car accidents, heart attacks, and severed appendages? Uh, Abby, could you uh, give me a little background music to my first aid uh, Reader's Digest version? Um, so when you're the first to pull up at a car accident... Call 911. If the person is spurting blood, you can make a tourniquet, although they're probably going to lose the limb. If it's just oozing blood like a normal wound, you put pressure on it. If they've lost a tooth, put it in that fresh glass of milk you carry in your car. <laughs> if they've lost a finger or a limb, put it in a bag and then put it on ice. And make sure to give it to the ambulance techs. You can't use it. Only lift their legs to 6 to 12 inches if you suspect shock, not just because. <laughs> if someone's having a heart attack, you can give them an aspirin to chew. And women have different heart attack symptoms than men. Their abdomen hurts, which is going to fuck up country music. All right, Giovanni Garvet is president of American First Responder. Find them at AmericanFirstResponder.com. Giovanni, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you. Thanks, Giovanni. I can't wait to get hurt. Thank you, Abby Savelle. I want to remind everyone that if you have a question for Paula, email it to nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. And if you have a theme song for us, email it to that selfsame address, nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. Paula, I know you're always out there. You're on the road. Where can people see you in person? On September 29th, I'm going to be in Reading, Pennsylvania at the Santander Performing Arts Center. And on September 30th, I'm at the Lebanon Opera House in Lebanon, New Hampshire. You can get all the info at my website, www.paulapoundstone.com. You can even buy t-shirts there. You have t-shirts now. I do. Oh, don't tell me about it. They're remarkably soft tri-poly blend shirts. <laughs> oh, there it was. All right, Paula, I've... I... <laughs> With a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. I'm starting to think that you're lying to me about the quality of those shirts, because you're looking me right oh, in the no. eye. Oh, no. No, they're... No, they are high-quality high shirts. Tri tri-poly blend. Yeah. It's a remarkably soft... No, I was soft looking up tri-poly blend on the internet, yeah. and there's nothing. 
Yeah, I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. Um, it's a, a three-poly blend. I don't think... I yeah. understand yeah. what it's the... It's three pref- polys pref- blended together. Yeah, which polys? Making a tri-poly no, blend. but like, uh, which polys? Uh... I don't know specifically which okay, polys. Okay, here's what I'm going to advance a theory. Yeah. That it's it's actually, it's called a tri-blend, uh, not a tri-poly blend, and it is two polys. It's polyester and rayon, and the third uh, ingredient is cotton. I think that's the t-shirt we're dealing with there. It's a tri-poly blend. It's not necessarily a tri-poly <laughs> blend. All right. Okay, anyway, maybe that's why nobody listens to Paul's soft. Remarkably soft. I'm sure Remarkably it's soft. Remarkably soft. Yeah. Try Polly That's great, but it's not a thing. All right, um, <laughs> our show is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical Look direction. at this balloon animal I made of it's Tony not, Anita Hull. It's, it's, again... <laughs> It's no, can sphere. you see her little feet down the bottom? No, no there's no feet. That's and do you see how she's doing all the work? not a balloon animal. <laughs> Technical direction by Ray Horseman. Special thanks to tonight's house band steel drum player, Abby Savelle. Check out her music at nestasteelband.com. Thanks again to our guests, John Bowman, Dr. John, and Giovanni Garbutt. Tonight's totally ripped security guard is Jonah Glickman. And you can also visit Ray Horseman Studios on the web at rayhorsemanstudios.com. That's a brand new site, I swear to God. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Hey, it's me, Thomas Kane. I'm down here. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.